Hey, Nick. I got you on speakerphone. Um, we f we forgot to do an intro for part two, so uh, I think this is the way we're going to do it. Okay. All right. Yep, that, that's it. Say hello, Nick. Hello, Nick. <laughs> All right, let's start the show. I didn't see you. Wow, you're quick. I have eight beers. I'm ready to win it. Eight bears. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. Dud bears. Tick tock. Start the clock. All right. We're in part two. Mm -hmm. We're in fucking part two. Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. I yes, can't we believe are. we're already here. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Okay, so, who, oh Christ, who asked the last question? Um, hey, pause real quick and just rewind. It was me. We were talking about the favorite instruments. Yeah, we figured that out. Yeah, yeah we, we figured that out. We went back. Yep, we totally went back. Yeah, sax. Oh, it's totally the sexiest fucking instrument. Mm. Totally the sexiest instrument. Just one vowel away. Saxophone. Saxophone. Man, it is a sexy instrument. Okay, so I've got another question for you. All right. Dylan, this is a personal question. Oh, uh-oh. And and you can you can refuse to answer if you want. Because okay. if it was like you know, like the bow, like you know, like the like bloodhound gang or something, <laughs> you, you can lie and change the answer. But uh, um, I'm, I'm not proud. What was what was the song that was playing when you lost your virginity? Oh, um, uh, there was no music. Oh, really? Yeah. Oof. Swinging uh -huh. Really? Yeah. Nothing? I won't, I won't go into details. Foul tip, buddy. But, um... <laughs> no music? But, yeah, you know, it was, it was just kind of a uh, spur-of-the-moment thing, and um, uh, there was no music, and that was the time before smartphones, so... That huh. was it. I remember. Just a quiet room. Really? Mm -hmm. That would have just bugged the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> It really just pissed me off. Uh, really? Yeah. Nothing? No no rhythm section whatsoever? No. Nope. <sighs> Nothing. It's very uh, intimate. Okay. What, did you have fun? Yeah. I'm not, I won't ask her name. That's, that's impolite. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I think it was um, also one of the... Um, hmm, it was either that time or the next time, but something really funny happened, and I won't go into that either. But. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was very enjoyable. Okay. All right, all right. But nothing was playing, huh? No, nothing. Just the sound of two awkward kids breathing on each other? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that's hot, too, but I got I will, I will say, though, it, um, it was after a show that I played, so my music... Was still there. Kind of... How, uh, how old were you when you lost virginity? I was 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. No shame in that. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of paused before you answered. Like, it's a straight up. No, it's I, a straight had to, up. I had to remember if I was twenty or twenty-one, but yeah, I was twenty. Twenty-one. That'd be that'd be kind of a shame. Yeah, kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. But if it was like nineteen twenty, that's still you can. <laughs> I, I was a shy. I was a shy kid. You know. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, I was I was a shy also, kid too. Like, you know, I I, I didn't. Um, you know, I I kind of. Um, 
had the mindset that like you know if I did, you know when, when it was going to happen I wanted it to be the right time and it, it was totally the right time it was great yeah it wasn't the right time when I lost my virginity Ooh. I don't remember the song but it was Ace of Bass <laughs> which one don't turn around or I saw the sign um don't turn around. No, it wasn't. Don't turn around. It wasn't. It wasn't. I saw the sun. I can't remember. I, oh, I can't remember the name of the song. Shit. All that she wants is another baby. It might have been. Might have been. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Ace of All that she wants. But I was 14 when I lost my virginity. What? Yeah. But it went and and then it was and it was awful because we were 14. <laughs> I had no fucking clue what we were doing. Yeah, um, I can only imagine. And then it was, and there was another year before I even dated a girl. But like, yeah, you know, and then like, you know, I had sex again when I was like, like fifteen, sixteen ish. Um, cool. But yeah, my losing my virginity was was a mess. <laughs> With with music by Ace of Base, so like it was a '90s movie. Wow. <laughs> it was really bad, but it was but, you know, whatever. It's, it's a good story. I learned a lot. I did learn a lot. I learned what not to do mm-hmm. in those moments. Um, you know, I came off weird. Yeah, no, like, it, was, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it wasn't like I like yeah, don't punch her. No, I yeah, I learned. I learned. Uh, you know, I learned how to take my time. Uh, After that first time, because I was, oh, like, I was an idiot. <laughs> I was, I was, I was a guy on crystal meth in a crystal meth store. <laughs> I was like, ah, I don't want it all. Oh, I'm just going to touch everything. <laughs> like, I just, I just went in like full tilt, just had no clue what, what, what to do. I just knew I wanted to do it all. And like everything just, uh, it just went to shit in like, I don't know, been minute and a half tops. Wow. It was, it was a mess. But yeah, but it was ace of bass playing. I, that that I cannot get out of my head, and I need to, it, like, and there's been times where like I've been in a car making out with a girl like over the years, like you know, like you know, not, not recently because when's the last time I fucking listened to Ace of Base? But like I remember like years later, like making out with girls in my in my Buick. I love that car, but like Ace of Base would come on the radio and oh, we're making no. out, and I'm like. <laughs> We're gonna change that real quick, and like oh, you know, and then like can't do this. it's like okay, and like and then like you know like debating like do I listen to flirting with disaster? Do I listen to uh, <laughs> or do I listen to uh, you know for those about to rock? Because I'm just I'm just stuck there with FM. <laughs> like I'm going between DHA and 104.3, and like all right, fine, let's go 104.3. <laughs> I'm happy to say I don't, I don't have any. Uh, I don't really have any uncomfortable romantic memories tied to any particular music. Okay, well, all right, well. It, so you don't you didn't have any song playing when you lost your journey. Um, can you remember a song that was playing when you were having sex and it was like a, yeah, um, like all like all pistons firing, everything's going right. This song is perfect. For, this is a, this is the perfect jam for our hips to smack against each other too. I mean, Justin Timberlake's always good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> Just, okay, I'm not. I, I can't say no to that. I, I can't. I don't think I've ever deliberately gotten busy with with uh, with Timberlake playing in the background. Well, I, I kind of feel like that, you know, whether uh, whether he would admit, admit it or not. I feel like that's what he wants. Oh, he's definitely making baby making music. 
like that's his go-to move is oh, yeah. is do is making the baby making music. And oh, there's that's why that's why I love covering. I that love song baby making music. Like like you, you I, know you know the one until until the end of time. Yeah yeah it's yeah you great. yeah that's and it's it's so funny for you you know when Lady Marmalade goes into that it's just like what yeah. yay smooth. here comes the baby making music. I love baby making music. I truly do. You know, what? I'm I'm the Crusaders. I'm not upset with him, but I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit sad that he did it before I did it live. When he, um, when Justin Timberlake played the Super Bowl a couple years ago, he did what, with, uh, with Janet Jackson and the nipple thing. No, no, I mean, no, that was no, a no, while no, ago, no, dude. No, like, no, no, no. Re- recently, it was either last year or the year before, and he he did a mashup of that song until the end of time, and then. He did. Uh, he went into um, "I Would Die for You" by Prince, and I swear. Oh yeah, to God, it was the it was it was right after Prince had passed away. Yeah. It was the Super Bowl following uh-huh. that year, and right. yeah, yeah. I, I swear, I swear on. I won't swear on anybody's particular grave because just in case I'm wrong, but I I, I really think I swear. Uh, yes, I swear. I had that idea, and then I saw that, and I was like. No, he did it. No. Oh, now man. we can't. And now every time I do it, people are gonna think I copied him. But I, I swear, I really, I had that idea first, and you know, I'm a big uh, proprietor of great minds think alike, so I'm not too upset about it. But I'll never, I I'll never wish forget I did it first. I'll never forget where I was, where where we were, where the band was when Prince died. Mm. We were at a gig um, up in the Adirondacks at a. Uh, at this uh, this bar that's now closed, but it was up in Wyndham, New York. Like we're up in the ski resort town, mm-hmm. and uh, like we just everyone had just heard within like the past like at set break. Yeah, was when we got the news that Prince had died. I <laughs> like, remember right, at set it. break. So like the bartender and the owner and like fifty drunk women are running up. Prince is dead. Yeah. Like, what? And everyone pulls out their phones. And then everyone's like, "You got to play a Prince song to dedicate to to Prince, because mm. you know, because Prince is dead." I'm like, Dude, "Like, you can't just pull those out." Well, you know what we did, and <laughs> but <laughs> what song was it? Going back to part one, it was off the Batman soundtrack. Oh, Trust. Oh, I like Trust. Yeah, that's a good song. It's the only song for whatever fucking reason. I mean, it's pretty much it's, just like a blues progression. Yeah, no, it's a it's a simple groove, but like I remember it every word. Mm. Like we did it. We we fucking did it, man. We fucking and like, like off the cuff, we just did it, and like that was the song, and everyone. Like, but like me and Mike and the bartender. And maybe four other people in this packed bar knew what song we were doing mm. and knew that we were doing a Prince song. Wow. Everyone else is like, thought we were doing an original. <laughs> I was like, well, I remember here's I a song too. by Prince. I'm like, what? I was uh, I was working at the Booten Library. I worked at two, Danville and Booten, and uh, overachiever. I forget what time I was. No, I was just broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it was my friend Kate texted me to, to let me know and this was like right when the initial like reports were coming out nothing was really verified yet and um, my boss comes downstairs because her office was up and the desk uh, the front desk was on the first floor and this is uh, many reasons why I loved this boss I had Stephanie but this is one of the most touching things was she she came downstairs 
And she goes up to me and she's like, are you okay? Because she knew how much of a Prince fan I was. And I was like, yeah, I'm all right. And, you know, I, I got through the whole day. And then, oh, man. So, so I get home and um, I'm just, like, walking down the, the cellar stairs. I'm, like, doing laundry or something like that. My cat is there. And I just pick up my cat, Cookie, and I'm just crying and crying and crying. Like, Prince is dead. Prince is dead. It was a sad day. Or something. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was rough. It was you a know, rough time. When uh, when George Harrison died, uh, it bought me an extra week on my rent. What? <laughs> yeah. So, when George Harrison passed away, uh, I was living in I was living in North Hollywood at the time, and me and my me and my roommate were like a month overdue on rent, mm-hmm. and it was this was two thousand and one. Yeah, 2001. Um, we didn't have internet in our apartment. We had to go to the, like the the office of the of the apartment building mm-hmm. and like use their computer in the in the office. Like that's how we could get on the internet. Yeah, and uh, like they had like a like like a lounge for us. So. That's where we got our news. That's where we got to the internet because we didn't we didn't have cable either. Like we were using rabbit ears on a TV, but we wow. basically we just played PlayStation and and watched VHS. That's <laughs> <laughs> like really what we did. I swear to God, kids, there was an actual reality. Um, so I'm in the I'm in the uh, like the like the the lounge area, you know, checking my AOL. Hmm. I'm 37. Get over it. <laughs> anyway, and I and it comes across newsflash across uh, CNN that George Harrison passed away, and 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 again, it was just getting you know you know public news. He, he passed away overnight, you know, due to complications of being very 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 sick. Mm-hmm. Cancer is a horrible thing, and but so I I stood up, you know, from this swivel office chair, not unlike the one I'm in right now, and and just stared at the TV. And tears started running down my face, yeah. and I just I couldn't help myself. And then and then here comes my pro- the 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 property manager lady, about to yell at me about being a month late on rent. Oh. And I turn around and I'm just bawling. Oh man! <laughs> like I'm I'm a mess. I'm a like just I'm a mess. Like just like the most unattractive way a person <laughs> can cry. Just like snot and tears. <laughs> I'm all flush. Yeah. I look like a I just I just I look. I look like a big pudgy mess of a, of a sad person, which is all I really was at the moment. <laughs> so, and she just and she looks at me and she's like, she's got the paperwork in her hand. She's like, we need to talk about the fact that you're a month late and you're, you know, we'll talk later. And I was like, I was like, okay, we'll talk. I'm so sorry. I, 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 I'll, but I don't have the money right now, but I'll, I'll have it. I swear, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm crying. And she's like, just, okay. She's like, I don't even want to touch you. Just go, like, get, get out of here. Don't touch anything. You're just boogers now. Like, she just like kind of shooed me out the room. And I, I went back to my apartment and I called my roommate crying. I called him at work and he, like, you know, they put me on hold and they, he, he picks up the phone and he's crying. Oh, no. And then I go out to the hallway and I see my neighbor and he's crying oh, and we're God. all just like having this like George Harrison died moment. We're yeah. all, oh, it was the fucking worst. Ugh. Uh-huh. Well, that was nice for her. <laughs> Jesus. 
Well, <laughs> 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 going back to Prince a little bit. Going back know. to Prince. Please go back to Prince. Let's a, guy, have some... a guy who was known not only for his music, but the, his many forms of releasing music. Um, my next question to you would be, what would be, what's like your dream type of release? Like physical or digital or like what kind of fun things would you have in the packaging? That kind of thing. Oh, if I was if I was like putting up the box set of like all my shit. Yeah, something like that. Um, probably do like a vinyl Blu-ray release. Just seems like the most Ooh. like I don't know. Like in this day and age, seems like like the most like economical way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like with like a download code mm-hmm. on the like you know like a, like a one shot download code you can use like inside the record sleeve. Yeah. Like yeah, like do like a record sleeve with a Blu-ray in there. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, like I uh, my brother uh, one of one of the weird it was he got a copy of uh, Lenny Kravitz. Are you gonna go my way? The album, mm-hmm. uh, and it had it was it was a clear vinyl. Wow. Yeah, really. It was a really sweet looking thing. I'm pretty sure I still have it, but it came with a CD of the of of the record too. Mm. I I don't have the CD. I think Josh has that, but somehow through some fucking twist of fate, I'm pretty sure that's still in my collection. Cool. I gotta check. Think it's still there? If I don't have it, my dad has it. Hmm. But that was it was so cool because there was like, you know, you got this vinyl, clear vinyl. Yeah. It looked so cool. Yeah, they that and then, awesome. And then, you know, this C D was like in like a tiny little envelope inside the mm-hmm. vinyl jacket. Mm-hmm. So I would do that. I would do like a I would do a vinyl pressing with a download code. Because no one has CDs anymore, right. and even they don't even put CD players in in car stereos anymore. Oh, jeez, it's crazy. Like newer cars just don't have CD players. Oh, it's just man. it's like just plug your aux cable in and listen to this really bullshit, you know, compressed version of the song you want to hear. Right. Anyway, um, that's a high horse for a whole different race. <laughs> but um, but yeah, yeah, I would do I would do that vinyl. With a download code and then a, and then a Blu-ray with like the making of or yeah, like yeah. some kind of like bullshit like set of music videos. I would love to do a, like a bunch of music videos. Cool. I've actually, it's, it's that's actually one of the. It's weird. Um, there's been a few songs that I've written uh, in the past like five years, and like I was really visual when I was writing these words, mm. and I had this whole scenario. Like I'm like I was writing a music video when I wrote the song, huh? And like uh, I don't know if you've heard uh, uh, "Time to Spill." We haven't released it yet, but we've we've played it out a few times. Well, if you've done it's that, this slow blues it. jam, mm. but I have this really vivid visual of what I would want that music video to look like, hmm. and it's like a like it's kind of like a film noir slash porno version of. Um, <laughs> You ever see True Lies? No. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis? No. Ah. Another movie All I right. haven't seen. Well, I'm not, not going to spoil it for you. I'm just going to say, for those who uh, know what I'm talking about, it's that scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is doing all the sexy stuff. Um, but like, I'm picturing like a black and white film noir version of that. And that's what I had in my head when I wrote this song called Time to Spill. Hmm. Uh, yeah. 
But yeah, like I cool. like I would love that. That would be the way to do it. Yeah. yeah. How, about, how about you? What would you do? I, I pretty much have the, the same exact idea. I'd love to ah. do a a double album. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, my, my magnum opus. Kind of, kind of one up me somehow, right? You <laughs> dick. <laughs> I just want to make a huge, you know, just like the ultimate, like the ultimate package that like people are gonna want to have would be like a double album, probably like a the live CD of older stuff, like reworked stuff, like um, you know, th- my, my music is. It's it's always changing. I, I record it myself, and then when we get the uh, when I get the band together, it's bound to change. So I, I'd love to have. Oh, some, it has to. Yeah, I'd love to have some of those live versions on on uh, on wax, as the kids say, and um, and then I would include a, a DVD or a Blu-ray, also maybe not like um, necessarily music videos, but just like you know behind the scenes with with the with the band bullshit and doing funny stuff. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like Maybe it's. Maybe an action figure in myself. Well, I, I, I feel like it's interesting. Like, like, um, like I, I still buy DVDs and Blu-rays of of, of movies and TV shows that I love yeah. because I love listening to directors' commentaries on on certain shows. Right. Not not everything, but like, um, like the Venture Brothers. Oh. I have every season on on DVD or Blu-ray, and it's I buy them because I want to listen to the the. The commentary from mm-hmm. from the creators because mm-hmm. most of the time they're just chain smoking cigarettes and like bullshitting <laughs> while watching an episode. Like they'll get so off tangent, like just like it just takes so many left turns and they, they can never make it back to what they were actually started mm-hmm. talking about. You know what? One of my favorite. I, I don't. When I was younger, I used to like all that stuff. Now I I kind of I, I don't know. I don't really have time for it. But um, one of the most recent. Directors' commentaries I watched that I loved was the uh, was the Wayne's World directors' commentary. Oh, that was really cool. I've never seen that. Oh, you gotta watch it. I, 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 I have it. I have it on VHS, but it didn't come with directors' commentary because yeah, you know it's not. fucking VHS. I just got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I've been I've been buying a lot of Blu-rays of like old stuff like that, like Wayne's See, World. That's, Bill you, and you know, Ted. here's my thing. Like I have a I have a nice solid couple boxes of VHS. Mm-hmm. And because I have that, and I have an old VCR like in the closet too, like next to it, um, I refuse to buy movies <laughs> that I already have on VHS. Because like uh, I don't have the VHS player. Anymore. Really? Yeah. You I, need I mean, one? There, there's one. I have a spare. There's one in the house, but you know, I also don't really know where all those tapes are either. I have a spare if you want. Sure. <laughs> like it doesn't have a remote. Oh, that's fine. I, I, so you'll have to like you know. If you want to pause it, you got to like get up and. Well, that's how I did it back you know, in the day. Push the button. But <laughs> that's how I did it. Between sticking uh, saltine crackers in the VHS, I would also press the buttons. How did you do that once? <laughs> yeah, I have ruined a VHS player. I, 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 <laughs> My parents are like, the fuck? And they opened it up. <laughs> what are all these crackers doing in here? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was, I can't remember which cousin it was, but we had. They, they, my, one, of my, one of my uncles had a, one of those like top loading. V, uh, VCRs. I never saw one of those. No. Top loading? Yeah. Like the, the thing popped up. Like, like yeah, like it, like like an Atari, you would pop the. No, no, it would like no, it would like this like this like plastic box would like pop up and open out of the top of the VCR, and you'd slide the tape in oh, and then push shit. it down. That's fancy. Yeah, it was like almost like 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 you know those like 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 cassette players on the stereos. I would like you hit eject and it would go. It would like you know yeah. fold open. So it was like that. 
Oh, it's kind of like that, but, mm. but big mm. enough to fit a VHS cassette. And uh, But wh- I can't remember which cousin it was, but I totally remember a jelly sandwich <laughs> <laughs> being pulled out oh, God. of a top-loading VHS cassette player. <laughs> and, my, and, and I... Was it Uncle Steven? It might have been my cousin Danielle that did it. I think it was Uncle Steven. Maybe. I, I, man, this is why I need to go to therapy. <laughs> I've blocked so many memories, but I totally remember one of my uncles just flipping the fuck out because he's just pulling jelly sandwich oh, no. out, of, out of his VCR, and it's never going to work again. No. Like, that's it. No, he can't fix that. It's totally gone. It's done. It's done. Just, just. Really, just take it apart and sell it for scrap. That's oh, all it's good for shit. at this point. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so is it my turn? It's your turn. All right. Well, yeah, I guess this question is pretty good. Favorite favorite line from a song? Mm. What's a line from a song that just... <sighs> oh, my goodness. You know. Always makes you uh, a line from a song that always makes you smile. Mm. Yeah, let's go with that. A line okay. from a song that always makes you smile. All right, so it's actually a couple. It's a couple lines. It's um, it's from the song called "Love, Love, 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 Love" by <laughs> As Tall as Lions, and um, uh, it it goes right. The the second verse ends with this like whole huge thing, and it goes into the chorus, and it says, um, "But to my surprise, no reason why, one day I woke up and realized, love, 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 love. After some time, it's something I find true, love, 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 love. And this is the line: Love's not a grave; it won't decay on you." Love, 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 love. And then I like this line, too. So many days I was afraid of love, 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 love. I just think it's it, it's, it's cool because, like, hmm, I like, I like um, especially when I write, too, I love the, the, the dichotomy of, like, a uh, really powerful feeling that makes you feel good. And then the other side of it that maybe you're kind of a little bit afraid of. And, like, you know, love is one of those things that makes you feel great. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it hurts. Oh, it's and like this. This song kind of—it's dangerous. Yeah. Love is a scary. Love can be a very scary thing. thing. And, and eventually, like the resolution of the song is is like, yeah, wow, this is a heavy feeling. But you know, let's, let's go with it. Let's see what happens. And um, that uh, that really resonated with me from the very first time I heard that song. Hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, good band I like too. That. As tall as I'm not too familiar with them. Check them the fog out. Dude. Okay. Well, well, I guess mine would be this band you might have heard of, uh, the the Led Zeppelins. Oh, I've heard of the I've heard of the Led Balloons, but I don't know about Led Zeppelins. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, and and getting back to you know what, what we said in part one about uh, I mean one of my favorite albums, Physical Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the it's the first lines from the song uh, in the light. And it's, and if you feel that you can't go on and your will sinking low, just believe and you can't go wrong. In the line, you will find the road. Oh, that's nice. It's just, 
Yeah, that's one of those. That's one of those lines from a song that, like, I, it's one of those. Like, it's one of the reasons. Like, that's you know, Led Zeppelin. Just like I could listen. Like, yeah, I have every Led Zeppelin album on on vinyl, mm. um, and I'm so glad to have that. Wow, they were such a big influence on me. But that, but physical graffiti. I'm on my second. Uh, no. One, two. Dads. I'm on, technically I'm on my fourth copy of Physical Graffiti. God damn! Because I've just worn them out. Wow, <laughs> it's a great album. Yeah, and it's a double. Uh huh. Can't go wrong. No, you can't. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. So we got a question. We've had a couple. We got a couple questions. We've had a couple questions. Some of them were kind of dumb. Well. Well, that's not. Uh, that's what we mean, so I guess. Some of them we, we'd prefer not to answer. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Here, I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Okay. This, um, this question comes from um, our friend and yours, Connor Larkin. Um, what is your favorite kind of meat to eat? Chicken. Chicken, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. I get weirded out by chicken sometimes. I've had too many pieces of grizzly chicken, so. Lately, chicken and I have not been hanging out. Uh, for, for me, it's like like because I eat, I eat like I eat a lot of restaurants. I I do have I do eat out a lot because I'm always like uh, you know, yeah. It's, my it's, car is my office. So un- like, unfortunately, the life of a uh, of a uh, poor musician also requires you to spend money on food a lot of times. Well, just let's just you know, being a musician, you you know, the 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 love of a home cooked meal yeah. is is a thing because oh, you don't get it so that true. often, right? So yeah, I you know, and a lot of the restaurants that I work in feed me, and the food is dynamite. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not sure what I want, it's like I'll just like like it's always my safe go to. That's why it's like chicken soup is a good comfort food. Chicken yeah. pot pie is a good yeah, comfort food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A chicken Caesar salad is a good comfort food. Yeah, all that chopped up chicken. That's it's, that's good. I chicken can, I get is down with that. Chicken is like it's a good go-to thing. It's kind of mm. hard to screw up cooking. Yeah, you know, you just cook it till it's not, you know, weird looking in the middle, and you're good to go. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, chicken. What, I've, I've had a couple of chicken what's, what's your what's and, your go-to and legs that have weird things on them. Um, so, what's your go-to? My favorite meat is um, well, my fa- my favorite meat of all time is probably chorizo sausage. Um, Really, I, I like sausages. I like that. I like andouille sausage a lot. That's really good. Um, I've had andouille sausage. That's yeah, good. kielbasa is fucking awesome. Yeah, sausages. I like that. Hmm. Yeah, that would be it. Good question, Con. Yeah, thanks, Con. <laughs> All right, what you got, Nick? Well, uh, we've heard from your bass player. Mm-hmm. My bass player had a question. Oh. His, his question was more uh, more job oriented. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at that one. He uh, Victor Phillips, the bass player from the Spanakova band, and uh, also uh, his solo project, Coastal Dynamic. Uh, but uh, he his question was, "What's your best method to pitch your band to a new venue?" Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to think about that. Do you have uh, an answer? I do. Oh, let's hear it. The best luck that I've had with uh, with talking to to bars. In, in this area is going into a bar on a Tuesday afternoon and if I can't get the rest of the guys to be there it's fine like I'll go 
And I'll sit down at the bar and I'll ask to talk to somebody about, like, you know, talk to a manager about playing music. Hmm. And then I'll either, either they make themselves present and known and we'll have a conversation and I'll, I'll, and I'll play a couple songs. And there's been sometimes, sometimes where they haven't made their presence known. And then, you know, bartender goes in the back, comes back over and like, oh, yeah, he's not here. <laughs> you got a card or something? Yeah, I got a card, and I'll put my card down on the table, and, and I'll just sit there for a bit. I'm like, hey, can I get a drink? And uh, you mind if you mind if I play some music here? while, you know, because it's Tuesday afternoon. Like, like I'm talking like not like four o'clock. Like, you know, guys are like people are getting out of work. I'm talking like two o'clock. Like they're just oh. like they're done with it. The, they're done with the, if they had a lunch rush, they're done with it. Mm-hmm. It's that two hour lull before everyone gets out of work. Two three hour lull. So there's nothing going on. So you have their undivided attention. There's nothing else pressing because it's yeah. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, books are done yesterday. Like, we're good. Mm-hmm. Tuesdays, like, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are like at that time of day in a bar, are usually like a good time to get some management's attention. Right. If you go this route, because if you just sit down and, oh, they don't want to talk to you, and you sit down and just start playing, the four or five people that might be in the room, are either they're going to like it or they're going to hate it. Mm. If they like it, they're all going to hang out and maybe one of them buy another drink. And the, then then the manager's going to make his presence known or her presence known and and, and come over and, and talk to you because, uh-huh. you know, you just, you're just there hanging out. That's cool. Yeah. You know, and there's been, you know, there's been times where I've been told to leave. <laughs> but whatever. That's fine. The, yeah, I mean, you know, you tried. The, the times, the times where they told, the, where they asked me to stay, and the times that, where they t- asked me to book a gig, made made us money. Yeah, made me money. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know, it's it's it's, you know. Oh yeah, for for every you know, you're you're gonna get rejected a thousand times. Yeah, and 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 I, it's it's I feel it's important to be really comfortable and casual with the idea of rejection, mm-hmm. and just getting used to it because you're not for everybody. You know, right. there there is there is a market for me. There's a market for. Getty you Lee. there's a market for Getty Lee. There's a market for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not, but there's you know, the idea of everything's going through the same pipeline and every everything is the same. Yeah, and it's everything will fit in the same room is just not. It just makes no sense. So no. just yeah, there's there's venues that you guys have played in that we've played and you continue to play there and we don't anymore. You know, that's uh, where. What the oh, fuck? Oh, we can't say. <laughs> no, now I'm a little mad. I'll what the t- fuck, dude? I'll tell you later. Yeah, all right, well, we're going to talk about this. I'm going to fix that. Because, yeah, like, if, know, we're, if we're, if they like us, if they like Spanakopita, they're going to love Lady Marmalade. Yeah, like, you know? there, there are things that work at certain establishments that, um, you know, the sound has a lot to do with it. And the clientele has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and just, you know, picking your battles. It's, and, you know. But so, what's what's your method? What's 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 worked best for you guys for getting uh, for venues? So, um, uh, well, don't take this the wrong way, fellas. But I I, th- I think it's uh I think it's mostly thanks to me um, doing like open mic nights at everywhere, and you know, including yours, and uh, and also karaoke nights. Like um, I'm. I'm in a good position because I'm a singer. So if I do that and I sing and people hear it and they're like, wow, you're really fucking good. You got a band? I'm like, yeah, I do have a band. They'll be like, oh, well, you got to play here. 
It's yeah. Like, All right. Good. Well, that's kind of how deal. that's cool. kind of how I got um, the exchange. Yeah. Because I I walked in there. That's, that's, on, that's on how a, we got on it a, too. On a Thursday night and mm-hmm. hung out with Mr. Lovejoy. Yep. So like shout out to those boys. We love those guys. Yeah. Mr. Lovejoy. They did that. They did a Thursday karaoke open mic. Right. Full band open mic thing where people just go up and you know they pull out their set list mm-hmm. and say pick a song off our set list. Let's fucking do it. And yeah. then you know, and I went up there and and I did I did. I, I signed up for two songs, and then they asked me to play, sing two more with them. And then when I, by the time I got the stage, uh, Maureen was the manager at the time. I think I was there that night. And I think you were. Yeah, yeah you it, were there. It was either Maureen or Deb. And it was Maureen. Like, they were like, you got to meet this guy. And I, I saw I saw you, and I was like, oh, wow, he's really good. I don't know if I can talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so dangerous. I was I was walking around at, the, at that time. I was walking around with a uh, with a arc welder and a switchblade at oh. all at all times. Ooh. So I was kind of a scary person person to talk to. I was in a really weird steampunk uh, greaser phase. Anyway, um. but yeah. So, <laughs> but no, it, no, no, that's, that's, that's how that, it works. Well, just just being active on the scene right. is really a great way because I, like I've. I've it's funny, like I know so many bands. They like they swear they'll do. Oh, I just you know, I'll just keep you know, I'll just keep sending the messages on Facebook, and I'll send them links to our page, yeah, or I'll, or I'll drop that. off a CD. And, like guys yeah. that just like show up, drop off a CD at a bar, and leave. No, like hey, you, you gotta know, walk you, a lot. You just you just dropped off a coaster. Yeah, and that CD is going to sit on that manager's desk until that manager gets fired, and mm. he's going to throw it away. Also, I, I, I gotta <laughs> say though, it's it's, it's, it's not just um, you know Connor and Sean have gotten us gigs too simply for that fact of being on the scene. You know, mm. Connor knows a lot of players. Being that, a, well, being a part of the scene. Yeah, he's tighter with some people that I don't that I know, but I don't really know. And Sean knows a lot of people too. So, um, you know, just being out there and not sitting in your bedroom and you know, connecting with people—it's all connections. People will put your name out there. Like you, um, you got us a couple of gigs simply by recommending it, and people trust your opinion, and so yeah. they got us on the gig. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'll, I'm always happy to oblige. You know, like, like you know, we've said it a few times on the show so far. It's like you know, like there's plenty of work for the people that deserve it, mm-hmm. and I count you amongst those guys that deserve it. So, like, oh, if wow. I get a, if I get a phone call and they ask us if if Spanakopita can play a gig, and you know, we can't make it. Like if Mikey is busy with his kids, or, or or Victor's, you know, doing his family stuff. Like, and it's short notice. You know, the first thought in my head is like, what are you guys doing? Because mm. you know, you guys are so much fun and and great, and like you bring such a great energy. You know? We have a lot of fun. We've had we've got we've got a really interesting question here. Oh yeah. From oh, Jesus Christ, Chuck, <laughs> uh, Chuck Knott of the Naughty G's. Has asked. Dill, read it to me. All right. Ooh. Okay. Ready, kids? What black market did you have to go to to find such a rare grow monster toy? Parentheses. The things that grow when you put them in water. End parentheses. That is actually playable and lifelike. That's my roundabout way of bringing up your fancy bazooka phone. Parentheses. It's what we seasoned interviewers call a quote, setter upper, unquote, in parentheses. Now that we're on the subject, the bazooki is a very unique but surprisingly versatile, at least in your hands, rhythm instrument. Do you find it easy to use across the board for all rhythms and styles, or do you kind of approach your repertoire based on the nice jangling and droning kind of sound you get out of it? 
I guess to me, it seems like you're just able to tackle any song on it. But I'm wondering if you put more thought into it than that. I know sometimes when I bust out a mandolin or other instrument on stage, I feel like it may come off as forced. But this off-the-beaten-path instrument is your main bow and arrow. The short version, why is the bazooki? And why do you feel it gives you any advantages or throw you any curveballs when playing? Damn, Chuck. Jesus, Chuck. All right. I want to thank you so much for putting so much thought into that novella of a question. (laughs) Um, Well, I guess I'll start with the how. Um, Many moons ago, a very dear friend of mine went to Greece for a wedding, and she bought Jill, my bazooki. Um, She bought it, and she had given it to her then boyfriend, who is a who is is a friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, they broke up. Long story short, shortly after she got back from Greece, they broke up, and then she like busted back into his place and like stole the bazooki back. Cool. And called me up and was like, "I bought this weird mandolin looking thing in Greece. Do you want it?" And I was like, "What are you okay? <laughs> what is it?" He's like, "She's like." I'll sell it to you for what I paid for it if you promise me that that he's never allowed to touch it again. I won't, I won't say his name. I won't say his name. Because yeah. um, I do. I, he is Matt Logie. His name's Matt Logie, and he's a great guy, and he's a great musician. I love him the pieces, and this is and he is the reason I have the bazooki. So I'll just say it. It's okay. He's not. He's not mad. We're over it. Oh, good. But um, the, the the deal was she would sell it to me if he was never allowed to touch it again. <laughs> And I said, okay. <laughs> like, sight unseen. I was like, yeah, give me. It sounds like a lot of fun. Because I was playing mandolin at the time, oh. and the best way she could describe it was a giant mandolin. I was like, okay, fuck right. it. 500 bucks, let's do this. And, uh, that, you know, that's how I got Jill. And we really just kind of, like, as soon as it, she fell in my hands, I was like, this makes so much sense. It just it just felt right. It just, it made, it was, it seemed easy. It you know the chord structures were simpler, and it sounded so full. Huh. But the like the structures are simple, and you get this really full sound out of this simple chord structure mm-hmm. because it's this double strung octave mandolin. It has tw- like twice the depth of a, of a of a standard mandolin, and it just you know it mm. fills in a lot of cool blanks. Mm-hmm. I think uh, yeah, I've described it a few times to people over the years. Of it's like it's the coolest eight strings on a twelve string guitar. You've got your lows, oh, yeah. and you've got your highs, and those are the things in a 12-string guitar that you really look for. The mids get filled up by a six-string. Yeah. It's the lows and the highs in those drums. I've noticed that when you play, like, you're playing something, it's like, oh, that, oh, it's, it's low? Oh, huh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's just, like, the tonal quality is, yeah, real, it's, is it's, really, really different. Such fantastic um, range. And I just, but, like, how I approach it, I I I think I I think I approach it more like I do the bass guitar because that like because I I still have never really actually like like I I'm, I dabble a little bit with a standard tuned six string guitar, but bass guitar was my first animal, mm-hmm. and I think I approach it more like a like a that's and that's why I get that good rhythm sound out of it is because I approach it like I approach the bass, so I I use cool. it as that bridge between the rhythm and the melody. Right. So yeah. like I'm playing like you know like when we're out Spanakopa and Mike takes a sick lead and Mike's really good at taking leads. I take I take like leads here and there. I more like they're more like fillers than mm-hmm. they are leads. 
leads. Mm-hmm. Mikey Mikey can like sing a song in the song with a guitar. Mm-hmm. Like me, I I can kind of just you know add a little spice to the rice. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm not there yet. But like you know, because I've always I've always considered myself more of a, a singer and a front man than yeah. a than a player. Mm-hmm. But that's 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 kind of how that kind of happened. Was just yeah, just and that's how how she became my main instrument was. It just she just kind of fell in my lap and it just kind of made sense, and serendipitous. And yeah, and then and, well, and coming from a like from a bass guitar standpoint, it made it. It just it, that's how I think I've come out, come across it as a rhythm instrument, and uh, I guess I guess the trickiest thing about it, about playing bazooki with with other musicians is they'll look at it like I'm like they're like they're they'll look at my hands when I'm. If I like, if I'm trying to show a guitar player a song, one of the first like the first thing I'll tell I'll tell them is don't look at my hands. Yeah. Listen to the, <laughs> listen to the chords and listen to me screaming out of the out of the side of my mouth. Mm-hmm. D minor, G, A minor. Yeah, that's, like, that's good to know those things. It's it's like because if you look at my hands. And you're trying to like make the chord structure oh, no, on a guitar based on the chord structures I'm building with my left hand on a bazooki. Everything's flipped. Nothing makes sense. Yeah. So you're gonna like if I go to make an A an A major, you're gonna make a G minor, <laughs> and nothing's gonna sound right. <laughs> so you gotta. It's like that's that's the hardest hurdle playing bazooki mm. is is getting people to listen to the chords and listen to me telling them the chords. And not look at my hands. I can look at their hands, and and figure out what chords they're playing, but they can't look at my hands. Oh, wow. Unless unless they play mandolin or banjo yeah. or violin or like something that's tuned in G. Like <laughs> that's that's cool. That's one of the coolest things about music is that you know not everything is standard. Yeah. Oh no. It's the, 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 there's no wrong way to learn things. Um, we well, that's not we, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, like yeah, there's, uh, there's bad habits you can form. Well, I feel like like Lindsay Lohan would not be a good music teacher. Probably not. Yeah, she had an album, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice. Yeah, it's that that one song. Um, I forget. I don't know. It was the theme song to her reality show that she had last year. I don't want to talk about it. We we got a question from Jill Nut. Uh, oh, Chuck Nuts. Um, uh, 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 um, uh, 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 friend, wife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're married, dude. They've been married. I was trying to think of a funny way to and say. And they've it. been married for two years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> also, I guess. And we just show. went, to, and we, but I just went to their wedding. You know, two months ago, a month ago. So it's true. The rumors are true. The rumors are true. Yes, they were married a, a long time ago <laughs> in a township far, far away. <laughs> Uh, I, like, I like this question a lot. Um, what was your favorite songwriting experience? I didn't see that question. Oh. It didn't pop up in my, on my feed. Oh. Are you on the Wi-Fi? Um, yeah. Maybe that's why. Hmm. I swear it's there. I'm so look, I'm so what, right was the, what was the question again? What was your favorite songwriting experience? You first. Me first. Yes. Uh, <sighs> um, I think it was probably when... I was writing um, my EP called Rogers Place, which was a, a few years back. You can, you can find it on Spotify. Um, I just remember, like, uh, 
the fuck happened? I don't know. I think um, I had stopped living on campus when I was in college, and I, I was home, and um, and I had like I had like this whole section of my house to myself. I had all my music shit in there. And, um, at, at, you know, at that time I was like studying a, a bunch of things like my, mm-hmm. my, my mind was just like so active constantly. And I had all this time to myself and, and the, the, the I, would, I would just be writing and writing and writing all the time and, you know, staying up till four in the morning playing guitar. And, and like, I couldn't, I wasn't 21 yet, so I couldn't buy alcohol. So, you know, all I had to do is <laughs> music. <laughs> Just a shitload of Mountain Dew. Um, yeah, like, like uh, just things, just, they just happen really naturally. And, and also, um, I hadn't really been paying attention to guitar technique or like which notes I was playing. And so all these things were so mysterious. And I was like, why does this sound mm-hmm. good? Why does this sound good? And then, I, you know, years later, I've figured all that stuff out. But it was... Um, this is very mysterious and enjoyable, and um, my my mind was just buzzing all the time, and that was, that was probably my my favorite record to make. Also, recently, earlier this week on Monday, I got an idea for a song. Uh, it's called "The Airing of Grievances," it's a holiday song of sorts. And, it is um, totally a holiday song. It was it was really fun. I I love coming up with ideas in the shower, and and this one was cool because I I got like the riff in a couple of lines, and then I just like took a voice memo real quick, and then I had to go to work, and um, you know I I finished the whole thing in like two and a half days, and that never happens ever. I, I, I sit on stuff for so really? long. Really? Because yeah. like for me, if it doesn't all come out, like I know. I remember, it's I remember like, you ah. saying that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm the total opposite. I gotta let it. I gotta like bury yeah, it and let it but grow. Airing of grievances, because for those you know, maybe some of our younger listeners don't know about Seinfeld, but Festivus mm-hmm. is a holiday. Mm-hmm. It's a secular holiday. It's a real holiday now. Yeah, December. 23rd. Just oh, look. that's when it is. All right, December, so I've got time to record it. You've got time to, 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 to spruce it up and record it. December 23rd is Festivus. And if you're if you're unfamiliar with it, it involves fighting with relatives <laughs> and screaming at each other and a aluminum pole yes. in the middle of your living room. Right. I will I will say none of the lyrics are about my family. You're safe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. You know, I, I came home from Thanksgiving dinner and I kind of had some semblance of, of a track, demo track recorded. And, you know, it's, I, I just kept drinking and recording and it was great. And I was up till six in the morning recording the whole thing. And yeah, that's when, yeah, that's when I got a text. Yep. I, I woke up, I'm like, wow. <laughs> And I was like, it's funny. When I, when I get in the zone, well, like, there's well, no well, what's it. really funny is like we're usually up about the same time. Like you, like usually go to bed about like four thirty, five o'clock. Yeah, and that's usually around the time I go to bed because we're both lunatics. Um, <laughs> but thanks to Turkey and a shitload of antipasta yesterday and and shrimp that were like. This like huge shrimp. We Whoa. like oh yeah. We we ate good yesterday. We ate really good. Did you so pass out. I I certainly did. When I got home from from my from going to my grandmother's house and having dinner with with my mom's side of the family and then going to my uncle Tommy's house and seeing him and my grandma and my other grandmother and 
and his sons and and friends and 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 you know having dessert there. I got home. I had uh, I had one more drink. I shot some Nazis on on Call, on uh, Call of Duty uh, for just for good measure, good. just so I'd know I would okay. sleep good. Uh, took a shower and was out. Hmm. It's like I think I was asleep by like two o'clock last night. Wow, which is mad early for me. That is like crazy early for me. Yeah. And then I woke up to these texts from you, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I fell asleep early. That's okay. <laughs> like, I felt bad when I got the text, like, ah, oh, I missed him. No, that's all right. Because <laughs> like, we're usually up texting at that time, because that's when we get the stupid ideas. No, I, I, I knew I had no business talking to anybody, but I had, I had to send it to you. Well, you know you could talk to me, because I'm up that time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what, what was your favorite songwriting experience? Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, cause when I, when I first moved to Phoenix and I had, it was one of those other like times in my life where, cause when I first, when I first moved out there, very little, uh, income. So I was, I had no, I didn't have cable or internet. Um, so my life was my DVDs and my PlayStation three. Mm-hmm. So I, I wrote a lot of songs in that first, like, seven months that I lived in Phoenix and a lot of them are really good and a lot of them I haven't recorded yet because I was kind of like I wasn't really comfortable recording the songs on that first album I did with Spanakopita Hmm. I I was like they were a little too personal I wasn't too comfortable with uh, with our with our drummer we had at the time and I didn't like his his idea of like the, who got credit for writing the songs, and I was bringing uh, and I was bringing songs along that I had written years before I had met that drummer or Victor, or you know, like I I'd worked with Mike, but like he wasn't part of these songs. These were my songs, so I kind of like they're going to be coming out on a solo project of mine. Hmm. Um, that being said, one of the other fun, most interesting and, and exciting uh, times of songwriting was filling up the rest of the Spanakopita album because uh, there were there were songs I wanted to do, yeah. and there were songs that I had written with Mikey and Victor, um, but then we had to fill in some blanks. So I wrote five, five or six of of the songs. I, I would have to look at the at the at the back of the album and, and look at the at the credit at the at the track list, but at least. At least five or six of the songs on on the Spanakopita album that we released and hasn't seen the light of day since we released it. Um, I wrote those songs in the span of two days. Six songs. Yeah. Jesus. Because I needed to fill in those blanks. My back was against the wall. I did not want to give up these other songs. That's like sacrificial lamb to 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 this album to fill out the album. Yeah, so I, I wrote mean. because I, I I they were too personal for me. I didn't right, I yeah. didn't I went I didn't feel comfortable with that project. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel comfortable with that drummer. So I didn't want to give him any kind of control. Like I I know that Mikey and Victor wouldn't even think of asking for a writer credit for the lyrics. Yeah. But he felt obligated to that. Hmm. You know and like. You know you're not. I wrote that song nine years before I even knew you existed. So fuck off. Yeah, that's hard with with the extremely yeah, personal so like, stuff. Like I, you know, the, uh, a bunch of a bunch of cephalopod songs I had intended to give to 
whatever band I was in at that time, but I was like, oh, no, this, this isn't right. And I just, <laughs> like, this I, is too much it's, of me. It's, to yeah, too much of me to, to give up else. to this. So that's that's why I held those songs back. And then, so yeah, like wrote, I wrote like five, six songs in two days and just just banged it out. Mm-hmm. And they came out really good. And there's songs that get requested a lot, like um, mm-hmm. um, "Fall on a Knife." Mm-hmm. Took me ten minutes to write that song, and it's one of those songs that when we play out, it's one of those songs that gets requested. Yeah, and it's a it's a good tune. It's like it's when I was writing, I was like, let me write like an upbeat James Brown song. <laughs> so I wrote "Fall on a Knife." That's that's the vibe I had in my head when I wrote it. Um, but yeah, no, I just I yeah, that's that's you know, those are those are the two of the best songwriting experiences of my life. Cool and. <laughs> It's just the way it goes. Cool story, bro. Tell it again. <laughs> no, I did, it was really cool. I didn't. I didn't mean that tongue in cheek. I, I was very enthusiastic about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jill, uh, Jill has a bonus question too. Um, we, yes, we have time for this. Um, do you have a favorite show that you've ever played? Ooh. Yes. I do. Um, it was a couple weeks ago. It was at Crows. It was awesome. Um, I've had many, many iterations in my band, but it was, uh, it was Connor and Sean and my buddy Tommy, who you know I've been playing music with forever. And um, we just kind of threw the thing together. We rehearsed one time. That's <laughs> all you need. And, you know, like, Connor knows all the songs. He's, he's been in and out of the band a bunch of times. Sean is very good at learning things. And, and Tommy was familiar with all of it. Uh, Tommy actually used to play bass in the band. But he was playing um, he was playing second guitar on this one. And he really stepped up. He's fucking awesome. Um, we got to get him in here sometime. Tom Van Herbity. Um The more the merrier. And we played it, and... Uh, we played a ton of original songs, and, and Crows was packed, and it just everybody loved it. And it had been a while since I did any original songs out live, and I was so chuffed to see that people dug it as much as they like the cover stuff too. I was like, oh, ah, good, all right, I still like this, <laughs> you know. I think for for me. Uh... Christmas Eve last year at the exchange. Was I there? I think you were. Probably. You were there. Um, But like, a fight almost broke out. uh, A few guys got blackout drunky. Um, It got crazy. It was weird. It was a weird show. But we had a really good turnout, and we had people asking for originals, and we had people dancing. And it didn't get weird until end of the night. Like, yeah, so like the, it got weird. Um, <laughs> we had it, this one fella was in no condition to drive, and we did not let him drive. Mm. We did not let him drive, and he got he almost got his ass kicked by just being a dick. On countless occasions in the in the last like forty minutes of the night, and we find like we we were calling Ubers to get him the fuck out of there. And every time we called an Uber, 
they would pull up and look at this guy and just leave. Oh no! <laughs> oh. We find, I won't. I won't say his name. But he was this this guy. Like every time an Uber would pull up, they'd see this guy and leave. Every fucking every like there was like four <laughs> or five Ubers came by, and Jeez. finally I can't remember who finally agreed to drive him home, but like I had to roll the dude over to get to like get his wallet out of his back pocket <laughs> so I could find his address. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, can you take him home? I can't, oh, I can't remember the guy's name. And th- this is your favorite show experience? It was a great show. <laughs> Everything up to the last 20 minutes of the night was epic. Okay. Everything leading up to that was epic. <laughs> and like, I was like, in recent memory, in recent memory, that show last year, Christmas Eve, was really, really fucking something. That's cool. Um, All right. But... I've had I've had great I've had great shows. Hell, just just emceeing Chuck and Jill's wedding, you know, just the at the beginning of November yeah. was was super memorable for me mm. because I had so much fun. I had so much fun. I didn't sing a fucking note. <laughs> I didn't play a fucking note. I I emceed this motherfucker, and I had such a great time. Just. Yeah. Being the chaos controller. That's entertainment. <laughs> That's entertainment. That's entertainment. That's entertainment. We got a, we got one final question. Final question. And it's mine. Go on. What song do you want playing when you die? When I die. Yeah. What like that raises a lot more questions still. Yeah. How do I die? I, all right, so I've thought about this, so I, I guess I'll answer it first. Um, so I want to die in a space battle, <laughs> and as my ship is getting blown up, I want the song Percent Sign by Cloud Kicker playing. It's really epic, and you're going to look it up. Don't, don't play it now, because we, 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 don't, we don't need to deal with royalties and shit. But uh, folks, look up the band Cloud Kicker. And, um, the, God, the, the name of the EP is like, it's, it's like a bunch of those, uh, brackets. I, it's just a bunch of symbols, but the song name is the percent sign, like literally a percent sign. It's the most epic song I've ever heard in my life. And if I'm ever in a spaceship and it gets blown up, that's where I want to go. And I want that song playing on the spaceship radio. Okay. Okay. All right, I've, I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna preface this with I've given this zero thought, um, because you just asked me this question, so I'm just I've given it zero thought. I've given it no thought whatsoever. But um, I want how I want to die. I want to die. I want to die having sex. Cause I'm not I'm not very good at a lot of things, but that's one thing I'm okay at. <laughs> But I don't really care what song is playing while I'm having sex for the last time. But when the heart attack hits, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you could have that any better. And then, yeah, left arm tangle, and I'm sweating, and she's like, honey, are you okay? And I'm like, I can't, 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 I
I'm going to have that's, to that's, change my answer. That's how I want to. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going it, to. It might not be playing on the radio when that happens, but that's what's going to go through my head well, on, on the when I'm croaking. Of your life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go smoke a cigarette and then we'll play a song. All right. Sounds like a great idea. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. All right, so this is a song I wrote like 12 years ago. Um, I I never really settled on a title. It was always like loosely titled uh, Not So Distant Destiny. And uh, I wrote it about a very pretty girl. Hmm. Um, There's worse titles they could have. Oh, yeah, no, it could have been called, you know... McClunky. (sighs) You did it. You did it. You just had to go there, huh? Sorry. You fucker. It's not called McClunky. So we're just loosely titling this one My Not-So-Distant Destiny. And, uh, yeah, we're in, uh... We're in B-flat. Just just to fuck with people. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> she feels like morning rise. God damn, I'm sorry. I thought, I thought we were going to do the intro twice. We did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, four times. Ah. <laughs> it's, Promised land. Yeah. 
That's one of mine. That's, right one, of, that's one of my little tunes. I've been working on this other song. It's not quite street legal yet, but uh, writing, working on this song. Uh, my fr- uh, one of my uh, favorite podcast uh, dudes, Mark Marin. Uh, if you've listened to me and you liked it, and you haven't checked out Mark Marin, you should check out Mark Marin. And if you do listen to Mark Marin, you should continue to do so. But a couple of weeks ago, he he. Uh, he had this quote, uh, he woke up from a dream with this phrase in his head, and he, just, he said it so many times, and it's resonated through my skull so, so harshly. Um, the, uh, the audience will end before the symphony. And, uh, mm. and it really, it's just, I don't, know, I don't know how or why. You know, no, I do know exactly how or why. It, it's stuck in my head so hard. But uh, I'm working on this song. And it's, I'm I'm almost there. I'm thinking we're gonna mess with it next week. All right. And uh, and and I think we're gonna put it out on this thing here next week because I really like it. Wow. And, uh, and I hope he likes it too, because he inspired me with that one little half a haiku. Mm. <laughs> he, he inspired me to like I mean, really think about the it whole. It says a lot. It really does, and it's like, like as a performer, it really kind of like resonated through my skull. So, uh, but yeah, so that was a, that was one of my songs. And uh, this has been part one of uh, the this uh, this Q and A podcast that we've done. Two, just in case we got mad water, I just said it. But, uh, but yeah, um, this has been a lot of fun, and we're going to do this again. Yeah. I think. I think we're going to do this again. Uh, I want to. Want to. I, I think. I think you had some really good questions here, Dylan. I know. I. 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 I like to think I did. I think you did. And uh, be on the lookout for our Christmas episode. The Christmas episode coming up. Coming up. We're. Uh, we're. We're still working on the details, but it looks like we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be videoing. We're going to do like an AV, like an actual Christmas special with yeah. like. We'll put this up on 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 YouTube, I guess, and or something, and uh, you'll be able to see. Uh, this Christmas special happening, and I think we're going to be doing this uh, at at my friend Blaine's workshop up in up in Apakong. Um, Blaine's also responsible for fixing my microphone. Yay! I'm a little. Let me take a little moment here. I'm going to jump on a soapbox. I'm a little, a little miffed with uh, with Shure microphones because I I'm I'm speaking to you folks on a uh, a really nice uh, 55. SH, right? Is that the? I don't know. Cripes. Where's the box? Um, where is it? Oh, it's outside. It's outside. Shit. All right. It's a really nice old school ribbon mic, uh, and uh, I bought it in January last of of this year, and it broke. And I got in touch with Shore, and they said, "We 
can mute that guy. Um, I got in touch with Shore, and they they said, uh, yeah, ship it, ship us the microphone. We'll fix it and send it back. And I said, okay. How how long is that going to take? And they said it's going to take fifteen business days. Fifteen business days. That's three weeks, kids. Wow. I can't yeah, not. Yeah, you're right. I can't not have this microphone for that long. I just can't. And. Uh, and not only that, but I had to pay. I, they wanted me to pay for the shipping to send the microphone to them on a microphone that's less than a year old. I have two SM58s that are older than me, and they have never broken once. They've been like these indestructible things. I've had this mic for less than a year. And it breaks. I talk to Shore, and they're like, yeah, you just ship it to us. We'll give it back to you, you know, when we feel like it. Mm. Oh, plus you got to pay for the shipping. I'm like, I, I just paid 200 bucks for this fucking thing. I shouldn't have to pay for the shipping. What the fuck? And uh, so instead of instead of spending the, what, probably 28 bucks for a flat rate shipping box, where the heck it would be, probably. Um, with insurance, um, instead of doing that and, and waiting three effing weeks, I just gave it to my good friend Blaine, and Blaine fixed my microphone in, what, four days? Yeah. He had it done. Mm-hmm. So he, he worked it into his time schedule, his very busy schedule, and he fixed it for us. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to uh, to our good friend Blaine. If you ever want to yeah, talk to him about electronics and stuff, he is an electronics and AV guru. Yeah, support your local musicians and your local technicians. Yes, amen, brother. So thank you to Blaine for making sure this uh, this this microphone is back up and running, and the off switch works just fine. See how that's going? Wow, you heard that, huh? Yeah, on, off, on, off, on, off. Thanks, Blaine. We really appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, Dylan. Happy Thanksgiving. This has been a heck of a fun show. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Love you. Love you, too. Folks, you've been listening to You're Good, hosted by Nick Kina and produced by me, Dylan Jacobus. Intro and outro music written, recorded, and performed by the very same fellas. And as always, this show is brought to you by the Original Music School, your one-stop shop for lessons, production, and recordings such as this. Be sure to follow You Good on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple, Music, and Google Play. And please give us five stars. And thank your lucky stars. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and brand new tunes for your ears to enjoy. Stay safe. Don't talk to strangers. And tune in next time for You Good? You Good.